Welcome to Banking on KC. I'm your host, Kelly Scanlon. Thank you for joining us. With us on this episode is Kara Lowe, the president and CEO of the KC Tech Council. Welcome, Kara. Thanks, Kelly. First of all, congratulations. You are, in the last six months or so, you've been named the first CEO since the founding CEO, Ryan, left. So congratulations on that. Big step. Thanks so much. It's been a terrific ride. Yeah, it's a big step for you and for the organization. You've been there almost since the beginning, haven't you, as a COO? That's right. I've been at the organization for about six and a half years, so I I know it well. And I couldn't be more thrilled about where we are and where we're headed. Let's talk first about what the KC Tech Council does. It's a shared voice. I know you like to say that Uh of tech in Kansas City. And interestingly, unlike a lot of other organizations, your members are companies, not individuals. So drill down for us on what you're really charged with doing. Right. The why do we exist question. Absolutely. <laughs> or conversely, what would happen if we didn't exist? Yes, so I, Jimmy Stewart. That's, yeah, that's right. That's right. What exactly. would it be like? <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, every time a bell rings. <laughs> oh, just kidding. So we have, I think of this uh, around kind of two tiers of, of why we exist. And the first is I firmly believe Kansas City deserves to have a front doorstep for its tech industry. And the reason is we have a larger tech industry in Kansas City than some cities that outpopulate us. Such as? St. Louis, uh, Nashville, uh, Indianapolis. We, we and, and we may be kind of close in population with, the, with one of those, but we really have a huge commitment to technology in this region and in, in tech workers as well. So it's it's extremely important for this massive industry that is growing rapidly, by the way, to have that shared voice, to have that front doorstep. So that's kind of tier one. Tier two is we are, as you mentioned, a membership-based organization, and we exist to serve our members. And we do that in what we call kind of our three strategic pillars. We work in policy advocacy. So we work to make sure that the legislative environment in Kansas and Missouri, because we have the pleasure of serving a bi-state region and federally and even municipally, supports the growth and long-term sustainability of, of tech companies and tech employers. And then an important distinction in the tech industry is that it's not a very old industry. And I don't mean the individuals, although I like to think we're all just young pups and, um, you know, sprightly as ever. However, I think, you know, the companies that make up the industry haven't been around for decades and decades in most cases. So they may not have those well-honed relationships that maybe legacy industries, like I came from commercial real estate, for example, that they have. So we want to create that kind of connective tissue between those companies. We want to we want to make opportunities for them to serve alongside one another, for them to learn from one another. And sure, do business together, but that's not really the the forefront of it, but it's a great byproduct as well. And then I think the third area that is probably the most important because it probably keeps the most amount of our executives that we serve up at night is workforce development, making sure that we have a a tech talent pipeline that can sustain and support the growth that we continue to see within this industry in Kansas City, and that we create multiple different means for folks to get into that pipeline. Okay, so you've got advocacy, you've got industry access, and you've got the workforce development. Those are your three pillars. When you talk about workforce development, that is a a huge thing. But I read somewhere that one in 10 
workers in Kansas City is in the tech industry. And you told me before we started talking here today that there's 6,000 jobs currently available in Kansas City in tech. And yet when you read the national headlines, you're seeing that all these major household tech names are laying off, not just laying off, but they're massive layoffs. So so where's the disconnect? Why is Kansas City faring so well? I mean, I think kind of two things. One one thing, too, is, is a lot of these companies that are that are laying off a lot. These numbers look really large. And but really, in, in most cases, they represent a pretty small percentage of, of that overall workforce. And those may not always be technology workers. In some cases, it's sales and marketing and, and all the other kind of parts of the organization. Now, that's not entirely true across the board. But I think Kansas City benefits from its diversification around within the tech industry. And I mean that in terms of we are not all in on only one facet of the tech industry. We don't have, you know, we have we have fintech represented, we have digital health, we have digital marketing, we have smart cities and infrastructure companies that that work in in technology. So it's a very diverse kind of industry. And then also we have what I would think of as a very diverse size of companies too. Yeah. So our bread and butter, you know, we have a lot of mid-sized tech companies that are growing really rapidly. We do have some enterprise large companies in Kansas City as well, but we've got, you know, mid-sized and little guys too. And I think because of that just mixed bag nature that we comprise ourselves of within the tech industry in Kansas City, we are a little bit insulated from some of these sweeping coastal layoffs that we may hear about in the news. And we've seen really no signs of that here when we and we measure workforce, by the way, constantly. And we put out a monthly report that includes a link to it, a dashboard that we have on our website all the time where you can run numbers. That's where that 6,000 open jobs number comes from that we call our, our tech checkpoint. So we we pay attention to these things and we we've seen a, a pretty strong indicator that, you know, the growth is still happening and happening quickly here. You know, on the one hand, there's we're not seeing the layoffs that are occurring, but 6,000 jobs that can't be filled, that can also become problematic, especially Absolutely. if that number grows. And so I know organizations like KC Scholars are trying to tap into a pipeline of potential workers that maybe didn't have that opportunity before. And I think it's interesting that the community is getting very creative about how to fill that pipeline and how to train workers for these jobs. And so I'm sure you're involved in some of those. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think some of the work that we do that I'm, I'm most proud of is, is within our workforce development strategy. And, and we like to think of just like any problem your business is solving, a lot of times are more than one approach to resolve that problem. And certainly the deficit of tech talent and, and Kansas City isn't alone. I'm, tech talent is in a deficit nationally, not not just in our region. There needs to be multiple approaches to really solve it because it's a it's a significant issue. And we, we like to think of it as growth, unlock tech talent and attract tech talent. So grow, we do a lot in K through 12. And we love to partner with our friends at KC Scholars, yes, but also the KC STEM Alliance and Prep KC and all of these really wonderful K through 12 organizations that are that are doing the work to to prepare our young students for the next step when they start thinking about what they may do in the workforce. And we want computer science and technology to be on their radars. Um, in terms of, of attraction, I think it's really important that, that Kansas City remains a beacon and a destination for tech talent to relocate to. We do a good job of getting them back here. <laughs> a lot of times we have folks who grew up in Kansas City, spent a few years in a, in a you know coastal market, and then it comes time to have a family and they want to maybe move back to the Midwest. So we're good at that. But let's think beyond even just that that kind of boomerang and how can we continue to be this beacon and tech talent folk follows good work and follows interesting work. 
work. So that's another means. And then unlock. And that's where I think we have a really huge potential opportunity. We run a really terrific apprenticeship program called Apprenti. And what it does is it takes individuals who maybe would not have otherwise found their way into a tech career. It allows companies to seek those individuals out, put them through. It starts with the end in mind. So we work with companies as large as H&R Block. We work with mid-sized tech companies on our apprentice program. And they say, I want to hire a cybersecurity analyst. And that's a huge growing sector. So great. We've got more than 500 people in our apprentice pipeline who have passed a pretty rigorous assessment to be in the pipeline at all. They select candidates just like you would hire anyone at your organization, and then they match them with a terrific training program. We, we have local partners, national partners as well around our, our tech training. They go through an, kind of a classroom training related technical instruction and then immediately start a one-year on-the-job training apprenticeship in the company. And what's terrific about this, Kelly, is we've finished with our first cohort. We're on to the second. We have a 100% placement rate. That is phenomenal. But that just speaks to the opportunity yeah. in this field. And I the mean, talent that's out there. Yes, yes. And and it, a lot of it is just creating that awareness and people who may not have considered this, whether they're younger, whether they're people looking to retrain in the workforce. Yeah. That's an important point, too. Yeah. Create that awareness that these jobs are available. You know, you have to be trained, but it's accessible. That's right. And I and I think oftentimes tech feels very, it's, it's mystified. It's this, you know, kind of opaque Oh, I don't know how to do that. And and quite honestly, there are so many roles in this industry that that really require a, a, a variety of different capabilities and a variety of different backgrounds. For instance, one of the more interesting things a chief information officer once told me is one of their most successful college majors that they can kind of retrain and and create a tech worker out of his music majors. That doesn't surprise me. Right? No, it, it doesn't. I mean, they always say that mathematics and music are very right. intricately tied. So this doesn't surprise me. Process driven and folks who have, I think, a, a brain that that understands how to read. I mean, code <laughs> absolutely it's it's an it's an it's an it's interesting a connectivity i mean yeah reading yeah. musical notes is yeah a completely it's different a code language. of its own it, it sure is one of the charges that you have that you mentioned earlier is that connectivity that connective tissue what are some of the ways that you connect your members to each other to the community all of those things all the above so we're a membership organization we host a number of events and and we are big fans of not networking just for networking's sake but also building in kind of a value add to that. So we host a lot of events that really focus on sharing best practices, on creating opportunities for peers to really get past that kind of initial surface level conversation and work to solve problems together. And we do that through we have an executive roundtable series that focuses on so far we have three and we'll, we'll build out more as we as we continue to grow it. But we have one around data analytics, cybersecurity, and then data centers and infrastructure. And we bring individuals who are who are pretty subject matter experts within those three respective realms to talk to one another and to have kind of a roundtable discussion around what are you seeing? What are you working on? And that is, I think, a really priceless opportunity as you grow in a career, as you serve your organization to learn from other really bright people because there are a lot of really bright tech workers. And then I think the the other piece of creating that connective tissue, you know, again, we do events. We have a terrific CEO retreat where we really work on connecting the executives from our members. But the most exciting thing that we've recently launched is our volunteer board of opportunities. We have a job board that is available to post, you know, 
paid positions, but we've also engaged with and we work with so many great community organizations and are part of a you know thriving civic and, and nonprofit community in Kansas City. We want to help unlock the tech workers that we work with to deploy and and serve their community as well. So, you know, an organization maybe like Casey STEM Alliance that's looking for for mentors for different computer science teachers or for different computer science classes, they could post those on our on our volunteer board. Maybe you serve on a on a nonprofit board and you know that you are going to have to have a major capital campaign to redo all of your database software. And oh my gosh, nobody on this board knows the first thing about database software. Put a tech worker on your board, put a tech executive, put somebody who has a has a really deep background in this stuff, because, my gosh, there are so many willing and and capable individuals um, from the companies that we serve who would be amazing assets to serve their community. In addition to all the community good that they're doing, I think that this kind of a board and and the people, as you say, that you deploy also help to serve the tech community because so often tech is thought of as this amorphous thing that, uh-huh. you know, I can't touch or, but you put people behind it. You know, you put the people out in the community and tech has a face then right. and has a name besides right. tech. Yeah. We're not all just Alexas. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Another area you mentioned is advocacy, shaping yeah. the policy. What are some of the specific policy initiatives that you're focused on right now? Sure. So our policy work is guided by a committee made of our members, which I think is extremely important. Initiative wise, it gosh, it runs the gamut. We we from a federal level, we've done a ton of work around data privacy regulation. Anyone who works in compliance, mm-hmm. and, and you don't have to be a tech worker to have to work in compliance uh, around data storage, data privacy, um, you know, care of customer data that your organization may have. What's challenging about that is states are coming up with their own different regulatory standards, and it becomes this patchwork of laws, which is arduous for large companies to comply with. Imagine how arduous it is for small and midsize. On a state level, we do a lot of K through 12 computer science education advocacy. We have been really pleased to be parts of coalitions in both the Kansas and Missouri side to push forward computer science access in our high schools and to allow for those credits to count toward a graduation requirement and not just as an elective course. It's it's a really important, I think, change because it allows for maybe more high achieving students who are bypassing those courses because they really want to focus on loading up those credits to get into terrific schools, which that sounds great as a parent, definitely do that, but allow for those computer science courses to count. So that's been a big piece. What should businesses be preparing for in terms of technology over the next several years uh, in terms of trends, products, systems, that kind of thing? It's a great question and, and something that you know I love to pick the brains of of the chief information officers and chief technology officers that we work with because they're monitoring this and experiencing it firsthand, whereas, you know, I'm, I'm helping to advocate on their behalf. And I think what I hear from them is certainly the the interesting, and this is all businesses, is is the continued sort of delicate dance we're doing around remote and hybrid work and and figuring out that right balance of, of in-person and remote workforce. And that goes back, I think, to the employee experience. And we have a lot, a lot of our, our executives are very mindful of how you create culture in a hybrid environment and how you create employee experiences. And that may not be a technical system, but it's a very, I think it's an interesting trend. And there are a lot of kind of technical and technology tools that can help mitigate that challenge. Another area is in the emerging technologies sector. So AI, you know, I think the deployment of an artificial intelligence continues to get 
stronger and better and more accurate and more duplicative of a, of a human experience. That's something that I know a lot of our you know high level executives are, are really monitoring and looking at. And even anyone at a, at a tech organization, I'm sure, has has kind of done some use case around what that may look like. As you take the helm of the Tech Council as its new president and CEO, what's your vision for the organization? What do you see as the pressing issues, the pressing changes that you'll be able to help companies tackle? Yeah, you know, in in our first five, six years as an organization, we really were in a lot of ways a startup. We we were growing quickly and working on, you know, who we are and what we're gonna do. And now I think it's time to kind of stand on the shoulders of that work. And stretch to do the next thing for the tech industry. And I, I think that goes back to certainly the work we're doing with talent. I think it's it's extraordinary. For any tech hub to exist, there must be a sustainable and significant base of talent to support it. And we're doing all right in that in that regard, but there's there's opportunity to do more, and there's opportunity to do more unlocking of talent from individuals in Kansas City who wouldn't see themselves in a tech career and and have the opportunity to step into one because of apprenticeship, because of other opportunities. And, and our apprenticeship program is one of many terrific workforce development programs in this region. And, you know, all of them kind of need to be successful to fill those gaps. So it's it's a not competitive, I think, environment, but it's a it's an essential one. And then I think, you know, the opportunity that that I sit in this chair and have the opportunity to increase diversity, equity and inclusion in the tech sector that is something that we don't take lightly, and it's something that we think has a real opportunity to be meaningful, both in a certainly in a, a betterment of life and generational change case, but also from a business perspective. If we can open more doors to more talented individuals from a diverse set of backgrounds, women, people of color, veterans, to put them into a pathway for toward a tech career, imagine what that how that leaves Kansas City. And, and such a better position than what it was. It absolutely does. And one of the things that has struck me through this entire conversation is that we're talking about tech, but I mean, in spite of the reputation that tech has sometimes about eliminating people or taking people out of the equation, it all comes back to people. Absolutely. It all comes back to people in the, in the end. Kara, thank you so much for all the work that you're doing in this field. I know it's constantly changing and be able to keep up on it is to be, you know, very challenging at times. But thank you for everything you're doing, you and your team. We appreciate it. Well, likewise, thank you for having me. And it's, it's always a terrific opportunity to tell our story. and I'm real proud of it. This is Brian Hoban, Chief Commercial Banking Officer at Country Club Bank. Thank you to Kara Lowe for being our guest on this episode of Banking on KC. As the front doorstep to Kansas City's growing tech community, the KC Tech Council is in a unique position to be a connector between companies in the tech space, its members, and the community, and potential workers in open jobs. The latter, workforce development, making sure we have a tech talent pipeline that can sustain and support economic growth is critical to the success, not only of tech companies, but of all companies throughout the Metro. As Kara notes, The talent is out there, but to close the gap, multiple approaches are required to identify individuals who otherwise might not have found their way to a tech career. As Kara said, organizations must be willing to be creative and to embrace diversity in order to cultivate the best ideas and attract the brightest minds. Thanks for tuning in this week. We're banking on you, Kansas City. Country Club Bank, member FDIC.